Hello friends, my name is Steve and we're here today to discuss the White Luck Warrior, the, of course, what has come before, because that's like a chapter in itself, and then chapters one through three after that. So here with Daniel and Katarina. Daniel, will you give us an introduction? I'm Daniel and I've read the entire series a couple times. And Steve is onto a completely new part. Katarina is close to caught up to where she's read. So we're just trying to piece together our three different understandings. <laughs> or lack yeah. of, apparently. Yeah. I think Daniel should do the introductions from now on. I think so. He's way better at it than I am. <laughs> yeah, And I'm happy I don't have to do it for myself. Um, but uh, hi, I'm Katarina. Uh, as, as Daniel said, I, I've read this book once before, um, but I haven't, I haven't read any of the books that come after this one. And, um, my neighbors have been making really strange noises the, this afternoon. So I hope that won't be an issue for the podcast. It'll be entertaining. It'll be, uh, add some. Well, it depends on the kind of noises they'll be making. I guess so. Maybe it'll maybe it'll fit the theme. Uh, yeah, the it's my first time reading this series. Like Daniel was kind enough to mention because I fa always fail to mention it's my first time. And uh, and these after uh, kind of looking at my notes from the Judging Eye, I had like a page full of notes from the last section, the last few chapters of the Judging Eye. And for the first three chapters of this one, I had maybe like a quarter of a page. It doesn't. I, I wondered a little bit if I was missing something because it doesn't seem like a lot, a ton. I mean, there's something always happens. There's always, there's always, um, there's always something there, but it doesn't seem like a ton moved forward. Like we didn't really move too far ahead in these three chapters in these hundred pages. What did, uh, what did you guys think? I think yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You first. Okay. Um, I felt pretty much the same. Like, as you said, things were happening, but it didn't feel like anything substantial happened in the three chapters that we read. Well, I mean, we did learn a couple of things, but still compared to some of the um, other books, especially compared to the ending of The Judging Eye, it did feel very, um, feel pretty slow and uneventful. And I would say kind of was slow and eventful for the first 100 pages thus far, but we did get to a couple, I guess, more pivotal points, like the separation of the Great Ordeal into four armies now, the closing off from the outside. So it, it, I think they said the Great Ordeal has finally begun, someone says that. So. It's already begun like three times. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, true. Like first you have the preparations and they set off from three cities. Now they, like, there's, a, I don't know. There seem to be multiple beginnings to the, to the great ordeal. The nameless war that has a name. So was there anything, was there anything um, that surprised you in the, what came before? There, I think there was a couple of differences from, I didn't, I should have gone back and double checked, but there was a, I think there's a couple of differences from what came before and this one versus the end of the judging eye. And I did wonder 
why what has come before is at the end of the book in the judging eye there's i don't think there is a really detailed maybe there is uh, before the judging eye but uh, it was pretty close but i think it did mention there was one thing i tabbed that you had mentioned katarina last week that maybe i just missed the first time i read it but um when the non-men hunted the Akorai to the brink of annihilation, uh, they retired under, in their underworld mansions to mourn the loss of their wives and daughters. An inevitable, inevitable extinction, 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 Jesus, can't talk today, of their glorious race. And I, I remember you mentioned that because uh, we had talked about the non-men just kind of giving up in the, the womb plague. And, you know, they were mourning the loss of their their race because their women, all the women and, and daughters were, were gone. Um, so I, I thought that was, that was interesting. There's a, I think there's a couple of differences, but, um, it's always good to, for me anyway, to refresh cause there's, um, every, in, in that, in those 15 pages or so, there's so much, there's so much that's recapped and revealed. So I always try to take my time through that. Another, in, in other books, I'm like, I remember what happened, but this one, I'm like, I should probably just read this yeah i think in nothing else it helps me to reassure myself that i did at least broadly understood what i was supposed to understand yeah i think i said before that i appreciate how r scott baker can take his complicated books and just summarize them down in 15 pages so well and you learn a little bit more and he tries it has a more historical feel to the writing whereas maybe we talked about the other books being like scripture this is like oh what does it say bringing bronze where there had been flint cloth where there had been skins and writing where there had been recycled great cities wrote to teeming life the wilds gave way to cultivated horizons it's like talking about how it all started and where all the pieces kind of fit. Yeah, but I think it was pretty much the same, like verbatim the same as the what came before we read in The Judging Eye, except for the fact that it also has the summary of The Judging Eye. Like I didn't necessarily notice any differences, um, but I also didn't read it super, super carefully. You monster. <laughs> now, there was, there was something else at the very end in the recap of The Judging Eye, um, or the recap from the recap from what has come before that um, kind of sh shed some light on um, Columbus's motivations that he, he wants us to net for himself. So before I, was, I wasn't quite sure what his motivations were, but now I think that made it a little clearer on what his motivation was. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, and I think it also talked about him being more similar to Enrilatus, the was it second, third son of Callus and Nethmanet, the one who's locked up in, in the room that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and it talked about Kilmomus putting deceit in Esmanet towards uh, 
And it didn't really show that in the books, or maybe it only showed it a little bit. It seemed like that had been going on for a long time, but he just told you that that was happening, and that also with Nathan, yeah. And it more definitely tells you why he assassinated, assassinated the Yatwer mm-hmm. cult leader. Because the more... Estimate needs him, the better off he thinks he is, just because of his selfishness for her. So when she's stressed out, she goes to him. So I guess he's going to want to stress her out. Yeah, isolate her. I'm beginning to think that Baker really loves armies marching or groups of people marching. Because we have it more of a slog in chapter one. Chapter one is almost all about the slog. Um, there was one thing in chapter one that I had marked on one of Akamian's dreams. Uh, Siswatha uh, mentions that this is not how it happened, or he's. So it seems like they're changing. It's not. It's not so much of what happened. It seems like things are changing from what did happen are different now. That there's something different about them. That's is that the dream where he's in the library and then he turns and he's holding a dead baby? Yeah. yeah. And it turn, turns into the scroll when it drops, when the seal finally opens or whatever this crazy door is. Yeah, uh, page 23. Um, uh, the, when the, the wheels of the gate start tumbling and Suspatha gasps, this is not what happened. And the gate wheels are drawing open. The infant dropped from the air. The golden tube clattered where it had fallen. Beyond it, the ponderous bronze machinery of the gate folded into blackness. A gust swept across the antechamber. Yeah, and then the no god shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of in, behind the lar- library. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's. It's definitely making me question the veracity of Akamian's dreams. It like is he like is he still dreaming the past, or is this his imagination, or is like I mean, could it be that he's I don't know having some visions of the future? Yeah, it kind of it almost seems like like the past is changing somehow. Is kind of the way I took it. Like things are aren't quite the same as they did happen or the dreams are changing for some reason. But I'm, I might be totally wrong. Don't be afraid to tell me if I'm way off. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, do we know if the No God destroyed the library of Soglish? Or do we, like, have, have we not? Because it's, I mean, it's been destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. I think we have that information. I think it's safe to assume it was the No God. But then, um, Siswatha probably placed the the scroll inside the library before the No God showed up. So maybe just the timeline is getting mixed up. 
a little bit. I don't know. It's 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 definitely suspicious. Yeah. Daniel, yeah. how's that look? look? <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe we'll see. Maybe. I was more interested in the crazy gate that had like souls bound to it somehow. Yeah, the souls that their purpose was to open it, right? Or to. Uh, it's just the, I'm curious about the baby. Like, that's the part of the dream that makes me wonder if, if, if we're not reading about a vision rather than the past. But I don't like, I mean, I, I should say, like, at this point, I'm, I'm also just like purely speculating. I don't actually know what the meaning of any of this is. It's kind of nice not being the only one now. It's kind of, it's, we're getting closer to. I'm not the only new newbie, you know. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice. I will say, Katarina, I was impressed that you were able to read the first few books with us while you, while you were reading these ones. That must have been a mind bender. Well, I mean, I pretty much failed at doing that, right? Like, I I read I read, finished this one, and it it was it was a real struggle. And then I, I finally decided that I was just going to wait for you. Um, but I did, I think I read these first three chapters at least three times in the last four or five months. Oh, wow. Because like I started reading, I think I started reading The White Light Warrior just when we started the, the read along together. And then that was pretty intense. So I, I, I sort of stopped for a while and then I was, then I, I decided to go back to it and, and finish the book. But the, by the time I've already kind of forgotten what happened. So I reread the beginning again and then I finished the book and now I'm reading it or rereading it again. Um, so, um, and this is like not one of my favorite uh, second apocalypse books. <laughs> You should appreciate the sacrifice I'm making here. We do. We appreciate it. I was going to say that right when you started talking about how it was a struggle to read, and now here you are again for the third time. Yeah, I guess I'm a masochist at heart. Something. Something. Yeah, I, I will. I will say that the marches and the the slogs and the crusade, the holy wars and the greater deals, and it's it's like a lot. <laughs> Let's get to where we're going. Hmm. That's all I can say to that. Hmm. I'm still enjoying it, but it's like okay, like let's you know we we've been traveling a long time. Yeah, and I, I I have to say I do enjoy the Holy War significantly more than than the Great Ordeal or the Slog. Like it, they just do feel more eventful, and well, I guess they're like maybe more disorganized. Though the Holy War is like more disorganized, at least compared to the Great Ordeal. So you get you get you got a lot more like um politicking and people trying to stab each other in the back and conspiring with one person against another person and that was a lot more exciting than like the great ordeal seems you know not not, not much happens at Kella's 
doesn't know of or doesn't control as we find out that you know since he's able to watch people through their um fireplaces fires yep he even says that before he's pretty much known everything but now he's wandering into the area where he only sees glimpses so he has to look forward now no more looking back what that means for Snet and the empire is yet to be determined i guess but we do get more um Kamian and uh, Mamara. Yeah, I guess we finally learn a little bit more about the judging eye. Um, even though I'm still not convinced that a Kamian's telling her everything that he knows. Um, but I think he does say that it usually it's usually found in women who are pregnant, right? And that's yeah. basically, it's, it's kind of what they talked about before, that she can sort of see the sin in people and, and whether they're going to be um, damned after they die. She, she does know that, it, or she's convinced that a commune is damned. Well, it seems like everyone she looks at is damned. Like, I don't think she's ever looked at a person and did not think they were damned. That's true so far. And she says she's had it ever since she was a kid, so she doesn't lose it with pregnancy at all. But a commune tells her that it's like the god looking through his realm since the soul hasn't passed through yet maybe i don't know. something like that yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i understood as well like if, if you're if you're growing a baby inside of you i guess you're growing a soul as well or like the soul's kind of coming into the world from the outside so you have like a stronger connection to to the outside and to the god. A god. Or the god. He also does say that the, <laughs> the, the judging eye is like the white luck warrior or like something he called, what did he call it? Kahit. Just kind of like old, old crazy rumors. The white luck warrior is some old crazy religious rumor. Just like the judging eye. Well, we, we know that the judging eye is real, and so is the white luck warrior. So, the Kuyu, whatever it is, probably also real. Maybe. And how does he end that before they they get in a battle? He like says, basically tells her that her life isn't his hers anymore. Maybe it's pretty much been predetermined. I don't remember the exact wording, but Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure either. But he 
he also says that everyone who's had the judging eye died. Had a had a dead infant, stillborn oh, okay. infant. Oh, okay. So the the baby died. Okay. They also died because everybody dies. Well, mom, except mom and. Well, they die too sometimes. That's true. But I mean, not right away, though. Yeah, uh, they yeah. yeah, yeah, that's usually true. by choice. They just always have stillborn infants. That's what he said. Yeah, I, mean, but, I don't know. It, can, it made me think about um, the the time before the first apocalypse, when like all the babies were also stillborn. Um, but I'm not sure it's connected to that. I, I don't I don't think every every woman in in that period had a judging eye. No, I don't think. I think it's a rare thing, like a white like warrior. And yep. we also got another sermon from a cleric. And. But it it seems like everyone's basically just surviving on the Kiri, <laughs> which which he's just handing around. I think at the end, Akamian really gave the impression like he really needed a hit, and was really annoyed when uh, uh, the uh, the captain wanted to have a chat with him before he was able to get get one yeah i wonder how addictive how addictive whatever this is is and if maybe it has any effects on his crazy dreams or maybe if the mop had anything to do with his crazy dreams because he did have another crazy dream right about a slave inside of a hole i guess with a chain tied to him and a whole bunch of other slaves pulling something seemed like <laughs> yeah like, that was that was also strange and then the tree that they knocked over and the skull that, that was like at the base of the tree so not even this, this rank along there it's the land of the dead they're both unwelcome guests I mean, the strength seemed to be doing fine. I, I think there's like one paragraph when he's talking about the strength and he's like, well, it's like the perfect environment for the strength or it, it was almost perfect until the, the, the men showed up and then it was, then it became perfect. And they also had people to hunt and um, do things to them. Yeah, I think they... He said that it was easy digging under the trees and there were lots of grubs. And apparently they like eating grubs if they can't eat people. <laughs> I thought it was interesting the comparison Zaka was making between himself and Kellis. Like what they're doing right now. Aka on a small scale. Just sending these people to death just for his curiosity. And Kellis sending whole entire nations to death just because of who knows. 
whether it's to save save the world or for something for some reasons yeah i think at, at one point he des describes it as uh chasing chasing smoke and that he's uh sacrificing the actual for the possible which i guess applies to both callus and the commune um yeah i thought it was uh, i also thought it was fitting that he made this comparison between himself and and callus but like yeah like callus is obviously doing it on a much larger scale but then at the point of akami and going after callus's origin is that he somehow doing it to beat him or to, to defeat him and then it's i mean i guess it's like does the end justify the means question right or kellis's motives better than akamian's even though kellis is obviously a not non-human something evil yeah well i guess that's something we'll have to wait to find out um we with, we don't seem Sor to be getting much insight with sorrel sorrel seems like he's going to be the one that really digs in to callus maybe yeah or maybe pro yes i mean they are kind of close um although we haven't we haven't seen pro in a long time right well, I mean, at least like we haven't had his perspective on things. I think we did briefly see him at the beginning of uh, the Judging Eye. He has little talk with Kellis. In chapter two, he was a chapter two. And we learned that he like killed what? Well, what did they say? Five thousand babies, five thousand young children. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For for someone who's always striving for like the more moral higher ground, that's a pretty bad result. <laughs> yeah. So he almost like he needs Kellis to be right at this point because he's done some pretty terrible things. He's invested. I kind of think if Mamara just looked upon the Holy War, it would just be all <clears throat> charcoal-skinned, damned people. I'm I'm genuinely curious if there is anyone in the Three Seas who isn't damned. Like Mamara I, I get this. Yeah. Looks in the mirror. What if Mamara looks in the mirror? No, that would be interesting. I mean, I get it. Like the skin eaters are probably not—they're they're probably not very good people, even in their previous lives. But there's got to be someone, no? Maybe that's why they're trying to to shut, uh, you know, close themselves off from the heavens because they are all damned. Well, then I guess we should switch sides and start rooting for, for the Inkroy and, and the console. Yeah, yeah maybe. I'm, I'm thinking if most of the famous earthly religions are true, then we're all probably damned because we've all broke one form of their rule or another. I've eaten steak before. 
I mean, isn't isn't regret supposed to save you or redeem you? Repentance, yeah. There was a, quite a bit about repentance and when she like touches Somandatu and her judging eye opens and she's never really talked to him, but she sees all of the attempts at redemption, even coming there and dying up there was an attempt at redemption, but he's still there. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's 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 uh, an uphill battle in this world if, if you want to get into. I mean, I, I I'm curious, like maybe if, like at the end we we walk into the heaven and we find out there's no one there. Is everyone <laughs> is everyone just end up in in the bad place? Or are we in hell now? Hmm, that's an idea. I mean, could be. It's it's not very nice world to to be in anyway. Hmm. <laughs> I, I always try to read Daniel's face to see if if we're at, we might be onto something, but he's pretty good at. He's a good poker face. Well, maybe get to know more. <clears throat> we're definitely getting more glimpses into the outside or the non-earthly but who knows how many glimpses we'll get it seems like we even said Kellis has like been in the outside that he can somehow go that far whether that's where he talks to the no god at or what is on the outside but It seems like his knowledge of the, I think he said he even saw glimpses of the future from the gods, from the outside, so. We were wondering what Moendis would do after 20 years in the wild, right? In the first series, and now this is Kellis 20 years later with eyeballs. <laughs> with eyeballs. Who, who supposedly saw further than his father's thousandfold thought within the span of the Holy War, right? Because when he approached his father, he said that he seemed deeper and he went mad, or his dad said he went mad. I think even the prologue kind of said, yeah. hey, maybe Kellis went mad. <clears throat> yeah, I think it does say that he, he does go insane, that, it drove, that he went insane. Pretty matter of fact that it wasn't, he did go insane, which I was surprised about. But. Yeah, he, he comes across as a pretty, pretty sane dude, so. I could see R. Scott Baker playing with the word sanity in a lot of different ways. What is sanity? Is Earth hell? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at, at this point, I don't know what to believe. Um, it seems like there a lot of things could be possible. Or that he's just maybe using certain words to mislead us. It almost seemed like Nicolai the non-man when he was giving his sermon. 
said that revelation could maybe change things. Maybe an act could cause revelation, which could change something, right? Wasn't that what his last sermon right before they got into battle was? Yeah, I think it was something about, like, little things, that little things don't matter. Like, it's the big stuff. It's, it's, it's the history that actually makes an impact on the world. And it, it kind of like if you think that you as as a as a little that little human make any difference, you you don't. Insignificant. So could Kellis go from damned to not damned if he did a gesture great enough to the god or the gods? It's a big thing for faith. I mean, that's kind of my question. Like, who decides who gets damned and uh, who gets saved? Like, is it the gods? Is it, is it the god? Is it written somewhere? Like, it doesn't help that there are, like, multiple religions at war with each other. Um, and each of them has, like, a different interpretation of like what is tr true and and what what the rules are. Um, I mean, that's my very long answer to to your question, which basically can be summed up to I have no idea. <laughs> Sounded a lot like our so many different religions. Who's the right one? Why do they hate each other? Oh yeah, and Kellis tells Proyas that he will know terror again. That was interesting because Proyas said he hadn't felt terror in a long, long time. Ever since then, Anis Rimber took over, so 20 years. Even when he was killing 5,000 little kids, no terror. But he's going to know terror soon. The worst is yet to come. I mean, I, 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 like, Proyas is, like, there's a part of me that feels bad for him. But there's the bigger part of me that's just, that just finds him infuriating. Like, he's so, he's so blinded. Like, he's so, um, I don't know. He's so religious. <laughs> um. It's true. He does not have room to do what a Canadian does and always question everything. It's the opposite of what he turned into. Unquestioning. Yeah, but it's almost like you get the sense that maybe like he, he is the kind of person who would like naturally question things, but he's kind of like he's kind of made it this task for himself, like a challenge for himself not to question things and just to believe blindly. Like it's not that like he's stupid, I think. Or that, like that he's so narrow-minded. He's like he's he's convinced himself that he's going to be this way. I can't think offhand, but why like a Kenyan stopped teaching him? It was something to do with he finally became super pious because someone died. I don't remember exactly the exact story, 
but then he like shunned the Kamian because he decided he chose. And then it seemed like he still chose. He's always chose the Shrile Knights until Kellis took him over. And now he just chooses Kellis. I think that's a common thread. People choose Kellis. We didn't get a chapter about him, but we got Savon. Now we got Savon's older brother around. That should be cool, right? Yeah, isn't there like seven of them? Yeah, there probably is. Probably is. Savon's older brother is just in charge of a party. I mean, I think that's the isn't isn't that the whole reason why Savon was so obsessed with like be, becoming the king of um, Kariskant because. He like because he wasn't he wasn't the first born son, so he he knew he had no chance of um, succeeding his father. Um, I guess just like being a younger sibling really like got him really worked up and like kind of messed messed him up. Now he's an exalt general, and his older brother's just some little guy under someone else's command. Yeah, I, I guess it must be must feel good. <laughs> there, uh, there was a quote on page uh, fifty-seven that I had. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have this one too, but um, it is strange the way trauma d deadens curiosity. To suffer cruelty in excess is to be delivered from care. The human heart sets aside its questions when the future is too. Caprius. This is the irony of tribulation. To know one to know the world will never be so bad. Poor my Mara. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I can I, I felt that quote. It's I guess if you if you go through a lot you just thinks you you get a different perspective, like Things, most things probably won't be as bad as what you already experienced. Mm -hmm. And I guess it does make you kind of lethargic and apathetic towards the world, towards other people. So you kind of have to admire Maimara that she just keeps going even after everything she's gone through already. Teach me. <laughs> she even is reflecting on that as she's like running away. She thinks about how she's just kind of been running away all her life. And then once those, what were they, the stone hags come through, she's like, oh yeah, I wasn't really running away. This is running away. Running from actual death is running away. <laughs> yeah, talk about um, just despicable people. You know, new, like new skin eaters. <laughs> Those are skin eaters now. Yes. I mean, officially, I guess they are. Um, let's see how long they last. 
they seem in a pretty bad shape when uh, when they run into each other. Yeah, I forgot the name of the leader, but it talks about him stepping off the ledge and then turning around and like shooting some fireballs and then losing his footing. Yeah, because yeah. You, we walk the echoes of the ground, so if there's a depression, you're gonna fall. And then you see him later and it's said his shin bone was like how it described it one one leg was like multiple inches shorter yeah yeah that was creepy that wasn't pretty <laughs> um and we also find find out that uh soma I, I, I always get them mixed up is there suda and soma i think so i think, I think it's is. soma Soma is the skin spy. Somindatu, I think his real full name was. <laughs> That's too many so syllables. But, but Soma, yeah. And then Sutagra, who died. Yeah, he's the one who got shot through the throat. Um, but yeah, I guess that... Um, so Soma being a skin spy, I guess, why he was not really affected by the uh, journey through Kilajas. He's, like, he's the one, only one who seems kind of fine, whereas everyone else just mm, not the same when, as they were. When Namara seen him through the judging eye, there was no man. The question is, why did he save Namara. That is true. He put himself at risk to be exposed. He exposed himself to save her. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder if that's um, if that's part of his mission or if he actually has any like feelings or any affection for her. But then, I mean, he's not really supposed to because um, the skin spies don't have a soul, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe, so it's, it's, it seems more likely that he was sent there maybe to protect Mimera. Um, but then why would the console care about Mimara? Or maybe he is one of the ones with the soul, right? Because we know that there's a few of them. I mean... It could be like we know it's possible, but I think most skin spice don't have a soul, or at least that's the default. Yeah. They only want to please the architect, the creepy bird. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, he, he did. He did fail to, like, he did run away in Kilajas when they were all running through the tunnel. Like, he didn't wait for Maimara to, to save her there. So, I don't know, like, is, is this actually what the, the console has tasked him with? Or was did that he, his decision? Did he know then that Maimara was, had the judging eye when he ran? Or was it after... It was um, known. 
I don't think anyone knows apart from a commune. I think he's the only one. I mean, at least I don't remember her telling anyone else about it. Well, I might be wrong. At this point, I would have to guess more that he's the consult's spy on the king. Maybe. So maybe he's after the uh, the coffers. He's after the map too. Maybe. Yeah, I mean the console certainly has some skin in the game. Um, nice. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, their like their mission is also to defeat Callus, so it might make sense they would want to maybe, you know, somehow, if not gets together with a Kami and maybe use him to to um, defeat Kallus or to at least put some obstacles in his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, we, I mean, it, it's kind of strange to imagine um, Mandate Schoolmen working together with a consult. Or, I mean, former Mandate Schoolmen, but still. This is Baker's world. Even the Fanon and the Enrique traded. Remember? People forget their past aggressions, except for a game and he dreams them every night. So. You can't forget? No. But the console definitely is a player on, on the Benjuka plate. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that. You think we'll ever see a, a board game called Benjuka? That would be kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, maybe you maybe copyright it. This series became Game of Thrones, and maybe, but that's a very small percentage chance. Yeah, this would be hard to adapt. Well, you could, but it'd have to be toned down quite a bit. Yeah, that's that's also my concern. Like you could you, you could definitely adapt it if you wanted to, but I'm not sure what the response would be. <laughs> yeah. it, it wouldn't be as as accessible or as um, as many people. I don't know if as many people would try it because of the subject matter. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely, it would, probably, it would definitely get talked about, but um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure pe- anyone would actually dare to put that type of content on uh, on their platform. But who knows? I mean, there there are certainly ways to adopt it. I think. There was another one, another quote I had. Which was um, on page 92. 
uh, of exhaustion, many modalities, perhaps none that so honors as apathy, the loss of sense and desire, where you wish only to cease wishing, where mere breathing becomes the kind of thoughtful toil. There was an, there's another quote that I liked, um, that something that Maimara says when she talks to uh, Soma, um, and she calls him a fool, and then she says something like, um, "That's the thing about fools, the world is quick and they are slow." Yeah, yeah. I really like that one. That was a good one. I can relate to that one. <laughs> There's a part about when they come across the tree and they say that they were the ones who like knocked the tree down. <clears throat> I think it was a Damien that was just thinking about the difference between burying bodies like the old way with the tree and then burning bodies and how if you bury a body and you sit there and talk to it, you're like talking to a demon according to the, the Enrique religion. thought that was interesting. Right. And what? I think as Minette, when Sammy died, they burned the body, right? The thing she put the ashes, like she, she kind of uh, paint the, she used the ashes to like paint some, with something on her face. Mm -hmm. So I guess they don't follow that tradition in the in, in moment. Same with in the Game of Thrones, the dragons like burn the bodies or they burn them on fires. In our world, Vikings, they would send them out on a ship and light the ship on fire. Yeah, I mean, you can also get cremated today. Yeah. Not as dramatic, but yeah. Good. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more, I guess, sterilized, but. You can get frozen for later today. That's yeah. more expensive, I imagine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the Viking funeral would be kind of nice. The Viking funeral. Yeah. Cool. Pretty cool. You gotta be by the beach, which makes it instantly nicer than all the funerals I've been to. <laughs> I mean, they have some like interesting, interesting uh, cemeteries these days. Like you can, um, you can get your ashes dispersed in like. Um, a forest or a meadow. It's pretty nice. You can bury them with a tree. Yeah. One a writer I really like, Hunter S. Thompson, he got shot out of a giant cannon and then exploded in the fireworks over his property. <laughs> That's pretty That's cool. Something. That's pretty good. It's pretty elaborate wasn't going to happen, but then I think Johnny Depp paid for it in the end. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't thought of that. I was I was more thinking about like a nice birch row, something like that. And this, it said the trees take the 
shapes of the soul. And it was describing them all. Yeah, there was something about the dream that Akamian had where it seemed like the trees were talking to him or he was trying to talk to the trees. But then it wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was just him. And like, it was, I wasn't sure if that was actually true or if the dream that he was having was not related to the trees at all. Like, that, it got pretty confusing. Um, whether it's a Seswatha dream or whether it's. Yeah, I think maybe like it could be like a memory of one of the trees, like, or like one of the people who were buried inside the trees. Which is kind of like he thinks it's a topoi or whatever, a place where the outside reaches the surface. Yeah, and, and it, it seemed like he was dreaming about being inside the ark. So it would maybe make sense if it was someone from the time of the first apocalypse or even before that. I don't know. Who'd like been enslaved by the consult. Um, but I'm still thinking maybe the dream, maybe he's starting to dream about the future. Like, I think that still might be a possibility. Mm. I don't know. Kellis, yeah, Kellis is looking towards the future. So. It may not be the only one. Yeah, the, the thing... Sorry, go ahead. Who knows how much the outside is playing with any of these people at this point. How, how the judging eye ended up with Akkadian, who's the only one speaking out against Kellis. How the White Luck Warrior came about. How Kellis met Nair on his dad's grave. Yeah, it's a lot of coincidences. That I think what Akamian told us in that was your life has already been lived for the god or the gods. That's, that's what he says. So how much the past or the gods determine what comes next and maybe if Kellis can see it since he's so good at predicting people's moves if that like makes an appearance when he looks at people's faces like the skin spots that makes sense yeah but then wouldn't that imply that the gods can also like they've they've also like predetermined Kellis's life or is, is he somehow beyond that? I don't know. It, seem, it seems like all of these, the judging eye and the white luck warrior are counter reactions to Kellis at this point, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's beyond their control. But I mean, but if they could see what happened in the future, then it's not really out of their control because that like well it's i don't know i'm, I'm getting into a loop that's <laughs> can you even change the future i mean if it's predetermined then i guess you, you can but what why was the old ember so like intent on visual and he had the dream of the future that 
and then the surrender would come back, right? Yeah, it's the, the prophecy. So, who knows exactly how time works at this point, <laughs> I guess. Only that we're still still marching through the physical world. Yeah, I wish maybe we had less of that. <laughs> yeah, lots of marching. And have to, there's... Have to, have to get places, though. Yes. Yeah, but it's a book. Just say, oh, they walked for a month and now they're here. That's true. I guess you could do that. I mean, I still but, like this book, but maybe skip some of the walking. Lots of slogs. Well, yeah. Akamian isn't even at the library yet, and that's not even to Ishul, so... No, so he's, still... he's... But it barely left his house. <laughs> they got sidetracked. Yeah, let's see that. Side quest through a mountain. Yeah, it did feel like a bit of a side quest. I mean, it's... it's, it's I loved, like, I really liked the Oskelages part, um, but it does feel like a side quest very much. I think when the skin eaters came out of it, things were different for them, though. I think even some of them dared question the captain. I forgot what group. I think it's Galleon and Pakwas and Azongus. And yeah, then I think... Soma and Tutadra started hanging out. Sarl just sits somewhere and talks crazy. I don't, I don't remember the name of the weeper, but stops weeping no, no one does they're already forgotten uh, but they also uh, they also sort of make Maimara one of the one of the pack like mm -hmm. she talks about how she feels accepted now like they don't look at her as a piece of meat anymore she's one of them just pretty cool I mean it's kind of sad that it took uh, going through hell for them to accept her, like to think of her as like an equal like person, um, but I'm so glad we're there. They all changed, and she changed with them. So, whatever these new skin eaters are, that's what they are. The fifteen or twenty that are still around, and the new stone hags. And then, I do get a, a red like. They seem like red shirts. They don't seem like they'll last very long. I think Katarina mentioned that. Like, we'll see how they, how how long they last. I don't know if they're. It seems like they're just kind of cannon cannon fodder. Yeah, I think we're, like two of them die like on the first day or something, <laughs> just from the walking. So, well, and then one their the expiry date is pretty short. For some reason. Sorrow reminds me of uh, oh, what's his name from Lord of the Rings? Golem. He's kind of got a Golem vibe to me now. He went completely crazy down under a mountain. <laughs> he got cut by like his favorite person ever. And now he's just a weeper. 
<laughs> he, now he just repeats the same couple catchphrases. He's broken. Yeah, I think that's pretty fitting. He's a weeper. I don't know what his precious is, but <laughs> the coffers, I guess. Whatever's at the coffers. Yeah, and the, the captain seems like he's aware of uh, the the other skin eaters kind of losing their respect for him, I guess. So he see. So I guess that's the reason why he killed, why he killed the um, the the, gal the Galliath, uh, the ones whose name we don't remember. Um, it, I mean, he was like it, it, it like it seemed like a lot of the rules that they you know said that they they follow they didn't really follow them when they went through Kilajas. Like, I think there were a lot of weepers in in like in in the halls of Kilajas, and they they did bring with them to to the ground a lot of like injured people and they didn't leave anyone behind um well almost anyone maybe they would have left a comment behind but they didn't in the end um so i don't think he didn't seem to care too much for the rules at the time but now that uh people are starting to turn against him i guess he's trying to uh, get his um get control back and get get their respect for him or maybe it's not even respect it's just pure terror that he brings out in people right i did like that it, that the dynamic changed after when you know when they survived i, I do like that that it, everyone seems a little damaged by what happened because they would be but i'm glad it's not just glossed over but, except soma soma was mostly normal yeah well he has a superpower yeah, but my mother gave him a really hard time for uh, for leaving her there with the Kami in, in the mines. He redeemed himself. And wow. then, then she exposed him to a Kami. So. <laughs> Seemed like she was going to tell a Kami not to do anything, but he was finally actually seen his enemy for once and just wanted to kill something and he couldn't do it. Yeah, I guess it's like a reflex for a common, like, sees a skin's pipe. It's the only one thing he can do. And what did Tarl say? You break the rules, the captain kills you. You, you touch the peach. <laughs> <laughs> These are the rules. I think the captain said, this is the slog of slog, and I'm the rule of rules, too, after he walked off the next day and everyone was all quiet because they watched someone get murdered and didn't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, they seem to throw a lot of um, superlatives around. That's true. Yeah, that's true. They're quite uncivilized. Well, we haven't talked about Sword Wheel so far. Yeah. If, if, if you even remember he was there. Yeah, he, um, I don't know, it, it seems, yeah. he was 
pretty disinteresting so far in this in this uh, was it chapter two. Yeah, I think it's the beginning of, of chapter two. He's kind of an outcast from the others because he's a believer king. Now. Yes, Taronga is definitely treating him like he's giving him the cold shoulder. Which I think is understandable, um, but we also, well, I, I guess I guess they they all kind of suspect of Sor. Like if they tell Sor Wiggle too much, he'll go and tell the Aspect Emperor. But we also know that the Aspect Emperor is spying on them from their from their um, hearths. So there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide. I'm just I was just wondering if it's a wise thing to put all your sons uh, all your enemies sons together in one place like wouldn't it be safer to just keep them apart so they can't uh, get to know each other and start conspiring against you I don't know if he's I don't is Kellis worried about them conspiring against him or is he would he know before they could do anything significant of significance. I mean, probably, but he doesn't know that um, Sorwheel is not a believer. Or does he? He has fires, well, didn't he? Yeah, I guess he. I guess Sorwheel also has a. I mean. I guess there's also like, there's a fire in every tent, right? Or in front of every tent. I don't know if you make a fire inside a tent. Probably not. I don't know. Um, I guess the tent's big enough if it's high if high enough and big enough so you don't inhale smoke. Style? Or, yeah. It's got a hole at the top. Yeah, could be. I guess that works. But it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Kellis just installed like CCTV cameras in in every tent, like in everyone every everyone's home, and he's watching everyone. He's, he's yeah. big brother. Big, big brother, brother is watching you. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't yeah. have a fireplace. You're okay then. Stove. Don't turn on your stove either. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. I have an electric stove. He can come through the wires or the gas lines, <laughs> like like Santa Claus. <laughs> He's watching. He was already so powerful during the first Holy War. Now he can see through fires and can jump all the way back to Essenet and back. Can teleport. Who knows yeah, what but... else he can do? That was um, that was pretty surprising to me when he said that um, he was cutting all communications with uh, with Momim. Like he, that he when he like it's not just that he's um, prohibited anyone else from contact contacting um, everyone back home, but it, it seems like he also himself decided not to. Not to not not to go back and forth between moments. Like he's, it seems like he's staying with the Great Ordeal for the moment, yeah, which I thought it was interesting. 
he said that he's seen the future perfectly, but now he only sees glimpses and he has to not look back and only focus forward. And he also did it based on a lie, right? To say they scry our scrying, meaning they can read our communications, because maybe they can, who knows? But Proyas knows it was a lie. Yeah, and he doesn't care. You drink the Kool-Aid. What does he tell him? He tells Proteus. Uh, Do not think you sin. The world overmatches us. Nothing is more complicated than virtue and sin. All the atrocities you have committed in my name have their place. Kellis appears to know he's asking people to commit atrocities. But maybe there's a greater good. Maybe the greater good is the one god and all the other gods are just good. That makes sense. <laughs> it's it's a big gamble though. If you're not as far seeing as Kellis. But I mean, I think that's that's something that um, Proes talks about, like he, he when he says that, what does he say? Something like belief is acting without understanding. He, something like something along those lines. Yeah, and then he tells tells me we still need someone to toss the number sticks with him because it's not good. He doesn't want to do it alone. And whether that was a lesson for Proteus or not, who knows? <laughs> Kellis is always working an angle, though. We know that from the first series. We're just mm. less, less privy to the angles he's working. Or maybe why he told Proteus he can finally see in fire and he, like, pushed his face into it. Yeah, that was pretty uh, intense. It talked about how other people had tried it and just, like, went blind and died just because that's in the scripture didn't they do that in the second book didn't they bow into fire i don't know mate i don't i don't remember they talked about it being an old ritual from the oh. first first holy war but I don't remember exactly what happened i, I don't remember people with burned heads walking around but maybe they were just in the background um but i mean you can tell that kells has really worked in pro s um when he's uh i mean he's, he's like he's thinking something and then he's like regretting thinking that and then he's like oh like kells doesn't even need to like tell me anymore like i already know that what i'm thinking is bad and i'm like it's what well, it's it's insane. It's like he like he's punishing him like he he says like he hasn't trained like a dog like it's like he trained him to like punish himself for just thinking the wrong thing. It's crazy. And now even when Kellis is showing a little bit of doubt or uncertainty. He doesn't care. Still, whatever Kellis wants. 
I wonder if Saban feels the same way. I think in in that respect, I think Saban may be a little bit more pragmatic. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> But I mean, that. I don't know. It, it's been a while since I uh, since I saw Thoughtbond, so who knows? Maybe he's he's uh, an upright, pious general king now. What do I know? But yeah, you really get the sense that Kel, not Kellis, Proyas is like given basically everything like he, he talks about like his children not really knowing him at all um little venomous yeah mm -hmm. little zen yeah he talked right. about like how if these people knew their families were in trouble they would go home because family's more important than the god that they can't see but not to Proteus, because Proteus walks with the god. He does whatever the god wants, so his home is wherever Kellis is. Screw his kids. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it seems like Proteus overestimates other people's faith in Kellis. Um, but I think one of the funniest moments for me in, in that chapter was um, actually with Sorwheel when he's he's getting ready to ride off with the uh, with the scions and uh, his the, the, the his slave he like he basically just tells him like oh you you will come back exalted and he's like I will do my best and he's like no not you she she will do that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, no one seems to have a lot of faith in uh, Interstellar Wheel and his uh, his abilities. Unfortunately, he's a good kid. He's in a bad spot. He's in a difficult position. He might be the only white light, white light in this sea of darkness to Namara. Now that you say that, he bullied a kid. But he's still young enough that he probably didn't do very many horrible things yet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I wonder if I, I wonder if she if she looked at a baby. You know, if if, if well, that baby. Was... It it did say like all snakes were saved and all rabbits were evil. So maybe <laughs> the humans just another species that's all good or all bad. Hmm. So the inquiry are right. I think that's what we established today. Yeah. The inquiry was right. They might be right. We might need to close the outside. Yes, it's, it's unfortunate that in order to do that, they need to kill most people on the planet but I want, like it makes me wonder like if you if you kill someone and then you close the outside then what happens to the people who've already died be before you closed it 
Like, do they just stay in, out there? Maybe they're already dead. Well, I guess so, but are, are, are they just going to stay in hell? And then, well. They're going to make it to the outside, up or down, I guess. Sideways. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's mentioned how many people or exactly what the requirement is to close the outside at this point. The council yeah. just wants to close the outside, but what are the requirements or how does it happen? Who knows? Starting Maybe we get now. Starting to get the feeling the consult or the protagonist. I mean, they've also killed a lot of people. They yeah. made they made strength, right? I guess not quite them directly, but they brought the no god back to kill a bunch of humans, seemingly indiscriminately. Maybe there isn't a good guy. Maybe that's the twist. <laughs> Probably more likely, yeah. All gods war against each other. They describe Yat where a lot of times it's like in in bad words I've noticed. Like I think they call their atrocious the atrocious Yat were once or something. Just the words they've used to describe the the god of fertility and birth and growth has been kind of negative a couple times. It all depends on who's who's doing the referring, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think Sorwil was kind of pissed that she chose him because she's the goddess of like slaves or like the, the weak, the, weak the, the cast menials and he's a king. He's a slave, also. Kellogg's yeah. current slave. The hostage. Who has slaves. Well, I guess he doesn't want to think about that. And then we had a watering hole scuffle. Maybe 60 people died in the Great Ordeal, finally. Some of the first deaths. A water hole scuffle? Yeah, because the water is getting sparse. And that's why they're deciding to spread out. Yeah, and um, the weather's also not helping them because it's unusually hot for the time of the year. So the, a lot of the games migrated somewhere else. So they're probably going to have some issues. Um, Feeding the feeding the army. It's not looking good. Usually doesn't. Now that they've stopped looking back, there's it's about the point of no return. Anyone else have you some deja vu? Yeah, it's interesting comparing that first holy war to whatever this is, because that was a holy war, but it was just people fighting people who are now all 
in a big group going to fight, uh, what did they call it, the unnamed war, the forgotten war, forgotten which war. is, which I guess, the real holy war, it's like a war between actual good and evil, maybe. He's the appetizer. Whereas the first holy war was just humans that disagreed with each other. Now they're fighting strength and basharags and stranger things. <laughs> Lots of things. Creations. Just random creations from something that fell through an arc. Yeah, I imagine there will be some surprises on the way. I mean, the consoles had, what, 2,000 years to come up with new inventions? They, they, must, they must have something up their sleeve. Kellis told Proyas it would scare him if he knew how little he knew about the enemy. So even Kellis is a little bit in the dark as to what they're coming in, into. But he's still seeing glimpses. I mean, it's it's kind of difficult to um, to assess how much Callus actually knows. It's like we know that he's lying most of the time, so it's really hard to tell, to hard to spot when he's telling the truth. Yeah. Yep, and Sorville's gonna have to struggle with that, I guess. I mean, they're going to kill Strank and stop. Gogadara, which, according to the scriptures, is all the things a saint would do, all the things that their god would want. But what are his motives? And we still don't even know that. No. We just know that he's super smart and psychopathic and kind of crazy. You see through fires. Too, too powerful now. Not the best dad. He doesn't have the best track record. Yeah. Yeah. Proyas' kids are lucky in, in that context. Are they? They didn't, they didn't lose the, the dad lottery, but they didn't win it either. So. I don't know. I would never want to have a touch of gun. You would want all or nothing. Yeah, I hope we get to spend some time with Esmanet next time, because I'm curious what's happening in Three Seas. Uh, so the next, uh, so we're on page 96, chapter 4. Um, did you want to go from 4 through... Six. So stop at seven. That'll be about 100 pages or 97 pages. I think that's reasonable. It's the next three chapters, chapters, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Sounds good to me. Or we can do less if it's if those chapters are dense. We can do less. No, I mean, as I said, uh, this book is 
too long for how little happens in in my opinion at least well we still managed to talk for an hour and a half so. yeah we always manage so four through seven next week six right or did you say what did oh, you say i'm sorry one? yes sorry four two seven four through four, six four through yeah right yeah i always get confused yeah i always get myself confused because i'm not very smart so yes yeah, the next three chapters about that i had to ask this morning how far we were reading to you know how many times i typed that out when i was answering your question i was like four i said one through four i thought no that's not right because then you'll think i'm saying through four not up until four Oh, the yeah. same thing we're talking about now, huh? Yeah, Just so, in text form. Yeah, just trying to figure it out. Cool, yeah, hopefully, uh, I want to say I hope things pick up, but it doesn't sound like they really do. <laughs> I think there are some more exciting things coming along, but we might have to wait for them a little, for a little while. So not next week. Probably not. I I don't remember what happens in which chapter. So we'll see. You'll have to you'll have to read and find out. We'll have to find out. Well, cool, everyone. So uh, Daniel, do you want to tell everyone how they can't get a hold of you? In the comments section of these videos or on page chewing. Yes. Tell us how wrong we are in the comments below or on page chewing. And Katarina, where can people find you? I'm also on the page chewing. I might not reply to her comments, but I'm there. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram at the Aaron, if you want to find me. Cool. So um, next three chapters next week. And then uh, we are just a heads up. We are taking a break in February for a few weeks, but we'll let everyone know ahead of time before that happens. But a few people have told me they're reading along with us. That's pretty exciting. That's quite impressive. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, so, I, I appreciate Frank's comments too. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. He's uh, and uh, there's a couple other people like Brian's reading. He's reading the the darkness right now, and uh, he has some interesting feedback. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I, I have to go back and read it. I've been. Uh, bit absent lately but i'll try to get back into it yeah so it's, it's exciting it's neat sharing the experience cool well thanks everyone and we'll see you all next week for more fun <laughs>